So in this episode, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about the uh, newest episode of HBO's Silicon Valley. Uh, the episode is titled Tech Evangelist, and it's about a Christian character who feels compelled to hide his Christianity because he lives in the Silicon Valley. Uh, I think it'll be interesting, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Serious Skeptic Podcast, a frank discussion of what it means to be a skeptic in the closest thing to a theocracy in modern America. This is episode two, Silicon Valley. This is Serious Skeptic. In the episode Tech Evangelist of HBO Silicon Valley, um, there is a character who is starting a, a website on Richard Hendrick's um, new internet. And if you're not familiar with the show, it's, it's a long-running HBO comedy that kind of focuses on a startup in the Silicon Valley. Now, this particular character is gay and a Christian. And as part of the episode, and I obviously don't want to spoil anything for those of you who haven't seen it yet, but this character um, kind of reveals in, in a moment of, um, you know, kind of close conversation with Richard, the main character of the show, that, that he is a Christian, that he goes to church. Um, and Richard inadvertently, through a, through a series of mishaps, reveals that to other partners of his company, and this this causes a, a lot of problems both for Richard and for the, the character in question. Now, I, I just found this episode completely fascinating because it tries to turn this, this classic trope of, um, you know, a, a, a someone who's gay being outed to their to their family or to their friends or to their co-workers, but instead of, you know, that, 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 that classic trope, it, it focuses on religion and on Christianity. And you know the reason I, for one of the reasons I found this so interesting is because in some ways it's similar to how someone in a you know in a predominantly Christian area could be or on occasion is outed for being a non-believer. Um, you know, there's there's in the episode it causes a lot of strife with with the other partners of the company. They, you know, some of them try to pressure Richard to cut ties with this character, um, but. You know, the the whole thing, the whole way this was handled with this character, what I found so fascinating is that despite, in the show, everyone's revulsion for this, this character's religion and for his Christianity, they were still so much more polite and understanding and caring than if the situation had been, you know, had taken place in the Mid-South. If, if the characters had been predominantly Christian and the other character was a uh, a non-believer or you know a secularist, you know they, they they still care for this character. They they try to be supportive of this character, even if behind the character's back they're like, oh, you know, this is not a not a good thing. You know, he we can't do business with him. But you know, in the South, there's more open hostility to people who have a you know, different religious belief. Um, you know, I've, I've been in situations, I've held jobs where I knew that if I were to reveal the fact that I was a non-believer, my job would be threatened. Um, there are people who, you know, in the South who run businesses, large businesses, that make a point to only do business with other Christians. Now, they won't just come out and publicly say it unless they're in a closed circle, but, you know, their actions kind of reveal what they're doing and I know that for people who maybe live in a more in a larger city and are a more liberal liberal area um, 
may think that this sounds like a conspiracy theory or that that's not something that, that happens, but I, I can assure you that it does. And I think until we open up that conversation of how, you know, how much impact the, the, the religion has on everyday life in the Bible Belt, it, it's going to be difficult to ever to change or to support those people that, that live in that situation every day. So one thing that I think would be maybe shocking to someone who comes from a larger city if they move to a small town in the Bible Belt is that one of the one of the most common questions that gets asked when you first meet someone, you know, say that you, you start a job in a new company or you're at an event and you, you start up a conversation, you know, typically the, the first question is, well, you know, where do you work or what do you do? But almost invariably, the second question is, where do you go to church? You know, not... <laughs> and it's just the way that question is framed shows the bias of the asker. It's not, you know, do you go to church, but where do you go to church? You know, the assumption being that everyone in this particular town, um, in these small towns, does go to one church or another. Now, in that person's opinion, um, the, the person who asked the question, they may feel that certain denominations are maybe not, quote, true Christians. But they would still rather deal with someone that's not a true Christian than a non-believer. Um, you don't have to look any further than the statistics on, on what people trust to find that, that people in America tend not to trust atheists. Um, they tend not to trust non-believers. In the rural South, you know, it, it extends even further than that. You know, there are people who legitimately and literally believe people I've had conversations with that... You know, if it wasn't for Christianity, they would be a horrible person. They would be a murderer or a rapist. That that's that's the one thing that that keeps them on the straight and narrow. And that people who do wrong or who don't believe are prone to those sorts of actions because of it. And you know, it's it's really a, a fascinating thing to to have open discussion with with people who hold those beliefs because no amount of no amount of convincing or no, no amount of conversation is going to sway them to think that a, a non-believer could be a moral person. You know, they, they believe that all morality flows from an almighty God. That, you know, things are moral because God said they were and things are immoral because God said they weren't. That that's, that's the final, final arbiter of, of all morality. And therefore, if you don't believe in God, you don't have a, a moral compass. Um, and they, they truly believe that, that, that non-believers are immoral, that they'll lie, they'll cheat, steal. You know, never mind the fact that many, many Christians, many believers engage in those, those same activities. You know, in that case, that person is, you know, they've merely stumbled. Um, they'll get back on the right track. Someone who's not on the track to begin with has, in their mind, no hope of, of any redeeming qualities. So one interesting, you know, at least one interesting moment in the show to me was this whole idea of, of, of coming out as a, as a Christian um, in Silicon Valley. You know, and I, I thought about how that kind of related to coming out as a non-believer in, in the South, in the Bible Belt. And, you know, I, I think that for me, at least, it was so different from the, and from in my experience, so different from what we saw on that show. And I know they're they're kind of polar opposites in a lot of ways, but a lot of the the thoughts and the ideas ring true. 
when I finally realized or had, had kind of come to the slow realization that um, I no longer believed in God, that I was an atheist, it took me a, a, a good period of time before I even felt like I could tell my wife that to work up the courage to, to tell my wife that I didn't believe in God. And I had a real fear that, you know, that could permanently damage our relationship, that, that might permanently damage our marriage. And, you know, I felt that way because so much of what we did as a couple um, was based around the church and church activities. You know, it, it was not uncommon for us to spend every weeknight, Saturday and Sunday, at the church. Um, you know, I, I would get off work, come home, we'd eat a quick supper, we would go over to the church to work on some project, to put something together, to, to plan, to create um, you know, that was in addition to regular services. Uh, we, we taught classes, we planned events, you know, so much of, of the things we did together were wrapped up in religion. Uh, you know, that's not to say we didn't have a, a life outside of, of work and church, but it was a huge component of it. And, you know, so after, after this realization that, you know, I wasn't a believer, you know, and having this conversation with her, it was, what, what are we going to do about all this time? wasted you know what am I going to do about all this time I spent doing something and now I realize that I don't don't believe in it all it was it was difficult you know because we have you know in the south people who will literally either cut off ties with someone who has come out as a non-believer or uh, on the opposite side see that as a personal goal to win them back to Christ and in a lot of ways, that's worse. You know, imagine being in, in a situation where every family gathering, um, someone there in your family sees it as an opportunity to, to witness to you. You know, this is someone who views every small coincidence as a, mir a minor miracle from God. You know, they're they're constantly looking for an opportunity to talk to you, to invite you to church, to, you know, question, you know, how could you not believe? And even if you're not, you know, not out to your family, even if you're, you know, a non-believer and your family doesn't realize it, that religiosity is so woven into every facet of conversation that it, it comes up all the time. You know, it, it can be as simple as, you know, that you saying good morning to someone. Yeah, that was a, a beautiful sunrise God painted for me. You know, that's, that's the kind of conversations or, you know, literally sitting around a table and someone will randomly say, you know, I, I can't see how someone could look at all this and think that it just came from nothing. And you may think that that sounds crazy or that that couldn't possibly happen. But again, I assure you it does constantly. Um, you know, even from just random people on the street as you, you know, you're, you're in the store, you're checking out. Uh, you know, you, you've got your groceries. The cashier looks at you and says, you know, well, I just, I praise God that I was able to come into work today. It's, it's so prevalent. It's so ingrained and, and in many ways pernicious that it's almost inescapable. You know, and that's not to say that there's not a lot of um, beautiful and lovely things about rural towns, small towns in the South, because there are. But to think for a second that it's easy to go against the grain of the majority of the people living there is, well, it's insane.
So all this adds up to this, you know, this is kind of moment where that I think a lot of non-believers in in the Bible Belt come to, where it, it's easier to 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 live in the closet. It is easier to not, um, you know, to not openly be a, a an atheist, an unbeliever, a humanist, and the reason is is because it creates so many, you know, so many problems with. You know, with day-to-day life. Now, and I'm not—I'm not trying to say—and—and—and and, and, and don't take it this way that, um, you know, the plight of a non-believer in the Bible Belt is anything compared to the the plight of someone who is homosexual, even even today, or especially not that many years ago. You know, there there was a lot, a lot more systemic problem with you know how 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 people who are homosexual were treated in in the South and in America in general. Um, this is not not to that level, but it is still incredibly difficult to try to live as a as an open non-believer in the rural South, and that's why I think so many don't. And in many cases, I would even recommend that it's better not to. Um, and I know we have um, you know coming out days devoted to people coming out as an atheist, and you know there's a lot of support for. You know, being openly atheist, being an open non-believer, and I think that's great. If you can, you should. However, you have to take a hard look at your at your family situation, at your life, at your job, career prospects, at the local government. Even, you know, is this going to negatively impact your life? You know, it's great to support the community and to to be a resource and to be open when you can. But for so many, I, I think it's it's nearly impossible. In my own life, you know, there's there's people who I know that if, if they were to find out, if they were to know that I was a non-believer, it would either destroy the relationship or, or create, you know, create so much stress and strife in my life that, you know, I I would regret it. I would regret them knowing. Um, and that, that to me is, you know, one of the big differences between how this this idea of you know coming out as Christian and, and Silicon Valley was handled versus the reality of of people attempting to come out as a non-believer in, in many of these rural Bible towns it's you know it's completely different it, it's life-changing and, and it can be life-shattering so thanks for listening to this episode of serious skeptic I hope you enjoyed it um, Again, if you enjoyed this, if you did enjoy this episode, I hope you'll like and subscribe. Leave me a rating on iTunes, on uh, Google Play. You know, help share this episode, make it more visible. Uh, if you want to engage with me, be sure to reach out on Twitter. Uh, you can tweet me at S R S S K E P T I C. Uh, that's at Serious Skeptic. I would love to have a conversation about this episode or uh, non-belief in in the Bible Belt in general. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, um, things you would like me to discuss or to discuss or go over, just again send me a tweet. Um, I'm hoping to get a website up soon where you know I can have a contact form where you can maybe submit a more anonymous uh, contact if, if that's your preference. If you're interested in joining the show, um, submitting a question, again reach out to me on Twitter. I would be happy to to have you on. And again, thanks for listening, um, and I'll catch you next time. This has been Serious Skeptic.